be honest, I don't even know if I like what I'm going to be preaching today. Um, you know, out of all the topics that have been covered here at New Hope, you might be inclined to disagree with this one the most. Okay, and maybe, maybe after today, you'll, you'll think, well, I knew that Jason was a no-good bum, and he's never going to measure up to his dad. He, he's, he's not the guy we thought he was. And, you know, oh, that's fine, okay? That's fine, that's fine. But you, the, the word that's preached, you, you have to biblically discern whether it is true or not. You, you cannot compare it to your own personal philosophies or your own opinion. Okay, so if you want to disagree with me this morning, you had better come at me with a biblical basis for your disagreement. Okay, I will not argue personal philosophies with you and I will not argue opinions for you. We all have them, we all have our rights to them, but that's not what church is for, that is not what the pulpit is for. We do not, I do not uh, opine this morning, I'm not here to tell you my perspective on life, on things, on the Lord, I'm here to tell you what this book says. That is my job this morning. The, the Lord's word should shape all aspects of our thoughts, our opinions, and our perspective if you are a Christian. The, the Lord's word should be authoritative. It should be higher than your opinion. If, if you say something that comes into contrast with what the Word of God says, if you're a Christian, you should submit and say, he's right, I'm wrong. I must align with what the Word of God says. We don't take the Bible and make it align with what we think, we align to it. Okay? Now my job this morning is to pray, to search the Scriptures for God's thoughts on certain topics, to put them together and present them as best as I can. It is not to convey personal philosophies or opinions of my own. After a warning and introduction like that, I got your attention now, don't I? I just asked, as we go on, don't get up and leave and be angry. Listen from start to finish at what I believe the Lord would have me to say this morning. It's the pastor's job to be the local uh, feet on the ground to keep his finger on the pulse of the church. You've heard Pastor Joe say that many a times, and that is what I'm doing this morning. So let's go. Oh, you may have noticed there's a lot of angry people in our nation, isn't there? Lots of people that are mad. There's a lot of angry people in our churches, even. There's a lot of angry people I would say in our own church, if I put my finger on the pulse of new hope, I can feel the pulse quickening because people are being angry. And if I could be completely transparent with you this morning, I am one of those angry people. I'm angry. I'm angry at the way that the things are going in this nation. I'm not happy with the overall direction, with the way things are being handled, with the way things are being addressed, with the way some things are being unaddressed. I'm unhappy with it, and it's pushing me. It's pushing a lot of us. It's pushing America, church people, unchurched people towards anger. We feel anger. We're getting angry. I mean, look at, is anyone happy about gas prices right now? I'm not. What used to be 30 bucks to fill your tank is now $50. I 
I'm not happy about that at all. Is anyone happy about the inflation? Remember the commercial from Subway? $5 foot long. It's $10 now because of inflation. Housing prices. I know some people were in here were considering moving. Well, it's all well and good. When you sell your house, you might get a small fortune. But that costs you an even larger fortune to move because of housing prices. Who here is happy about the, the national uh, 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 storage, or excuse me, the national shortages of goods that are sitting in all these cargo ships across the United States or across the, the oceans that border us? You know, all these businesses can't get employees. And I'm thinking, someone has to stand up and start doing the right thing here. This is, this is turning into a fiasco here. All these things are starting to pay, make people get upset. But even more importantly, what's making people more angry is this. There are a lot of angry people in our nation who feel like their rights and their liberties are being trampled on, especially in these last few years. Especially with the, the onset of this pandemic stuff, we've seen these big giant power grabs. And it's making a lot of people angry, okay? Does anyone remember when they actually suggested or strongly recommended or mandated, I don't remember what it was, for us to not sing in church? Anyone remember that? I read it with my own eyes. It said, please refrain from singing in church. That, that stuff makes me angry. It, it is my right. I am free to practice my religion in this nation how I deem, or how the Word of God tells me. That makes me angry when someone comes and says, don't sing in church. Don't gather. Don't pray for people. Stay away from people. The Bible tells us in James to lay hands on one another. And when someone says these things and says, hey, here's what you have to do, it makes me angry. It bothers me. Don't gather for Thanksgiving. Don't go over to your family's house for Christmas. When people start saying these things, I start getting mad about it. You aren't allowed to go see your aged folks in nursing homes. We get angry because these things are an affront to our way of life. This is the way we live. This is the way we do things in this nation. And now we have people saying, don't do them this way. And there's a lot of people becoming angry over that. Over all these goofy things. Listen, there are a lot of angry... Now bear with me now, okay? I know your, your blood's probably starting to quicken in your race. Just bear with me. There are a lot of angry people who have lost their jobs or are facing losing their jobs over the forced vaccine mandate. Now, these are decent folks that have been decent employees. They're being told, you will do this or this is going to affect your livelihood. And it's bothering people. It's making them mad. Watch the news. There's people starting to march. They're starting to gather. They're starting to say, we will not do this thing. They're getting angry. Look at the people in New York City. They're marching around because they don't want to carry papers. They're getting angry. Look at the police in Chicago. They're saying, we don't want to do this. They're angry. The nation is full of angry people. We have seen in the past couple of years our governors, mayors, leaders issue edicts reminiscent of monarchies and dynasties. Brothers and sisters, that's not the way the government was supposed to work. 
That's not our forefathers went to painstaking efforts to try and prevent this type of leadership. It, it, it makes people mad, doesn't it? We, we have an agreement. It's called a constitution. When you go outside of it, people start getting mad. How many times have we seen the rules for thee, but not unto me type things? You know, you hear our leaders, you better wear a mask. You got to wear two masks. You got to wear three masks. You got to wear a mask if you're at home by yourself. You need to wear a mask if you're outside or if you're in your car. If you're in the shopping center, wear a mask, wear a mask. Then it catches them at parties and there's hundreds of them and ain't none of them's got a mask on. It's hypocrisy. It makes people mad, doesn't it? I saw a video. This kind of made me chuckle, but I saw a video that someone was mask shaming another person. This dude was just walking past, minding his business, outside, and some, uh, a news reporter started saying, look at this man here, he does not have a mask on. And the guy kind of stopped and you know, was taken aback for a minute, and they started mask shaming him, and the guy said, look at your cameraman. Your cameraman don't even have no mask on. It, it's all hypocrisy, brothers and sisters. Whatever go, you can see them, whenever the cameras turn on, oh, they put them on. Now, I'm not saying you're good or bad if you wear a mask or you don't. That's not the point. It's not the point. It's just the rules for thee, but not unto me. They make me angry. They make us angry. They pass laws, and then they exempt themselves from those said laws. That makes a lot of people angry. You know, this country was never supposed to be a dictatorship. One man was not supposed to make rules, laws, and decrees. That's not the way this was supposed to be. This is supposed to be what's called a constitutional republic, which is even better than a democracy. We have a system. Listen, we have a system in this nation of checks and balances. Now, please bear with me. We'll get to this. will all make sense to you. But in this nation, we have a system of checks and balances. One person, one elected official may write legislation, and that person passes it to another group. That group can change it. That group can say, no, we need to do this. They can discuss it. Or that group can even reject it all together. They can pass it to another group. This is the way it works in this nation. It's debated. It's negotiated. It's rewritten. And it's even maybe altogether rejected. Then if, if those groups of people can agree on something, they send it to a president. They send it to a governor. They send it to some sort of leader. And that leader can reject it. That leader can say, no, these things need change, or that leader can even sign it, and it becomes law. That's the system. All of those people were even supposed to represent us. They're not supposed to operate independently of us. They represent us. That's the agreement that we have in this nation. That's the agreement that it's supposed to be. That's the system that has been bypassed for these last however many years. They're starting to go outside of it. And it's starting to make people angry. We have an agreement. Stick to the agreement. And we have angry parents all over the place. Parents are angry at schools, at the way they handle mandates, vaccine mandates, mask mandates. School officials are starting to get angry at the parents. They're frustrated because they're being told they have to do this and you got to do that. And they're trying to... Have you seen any of these videos of the, uh, some of these uh, the, the, uh, school board meetings? 
They're, they're, it's near pandemonium in some of these. People are getting up and shouting. They're, they're cursing each other. They're fighting people being arrested. People are protesting. Why? Because people are starting to get angry in this nation. They're mad. They're upset. They're tired of these things going on in our nation. There's lawsuits being filed all over the schools and so on and so forth. People are angry. People that are usually pretty chill are starting to get bothered. Parents that are usually pretty chill are starting to get worked up. They're starting to get angry. Remember all the rioting and the looting that they let happen with no accountability? None whatsoever? No one was held accountable? That, that type of stuff makes law-abiding citizens who don't loot and riot. You're thinking, hey, arrest some of these people. Put some of them in jail. And they let these things happen, and it starts making law-abiding American citizens angry. It starts making them upset. You know, there, there's still videos you can watch where people are going in. I saw one, just another one the other day. Someone went into a drugstore, went behind the drugstore counter, and took all kinds of bottles of pills. And they were like, oh, sir, please stop. Um, sir, excuse me. And this guy just walked right out. That, I mean, that stuff makes me angry. Did, did anyone see news footage when they're trying to sell us a bill of goods? I have saw newscasters saying uh, these are mostly peaceful protests, and a bomb went off back behind one of the ladies, and she went like this and ran. They ain't mostly peaceful protests. Stop lying to me. All you're doing is making me angry. It makes law-abiding citizens angry. It shouldn't be that way, brothers and sisters. You shouldn't be allowed to burn a city down, should you? You should be held accountable if you burn someone's business down. You need thrown in jail. You cannot have a civilized country where there is no rule of law. Anarchy and chaos do not cause a nation to flourish. We, th then, on top of all that, we see groups of people wanting to defund the police. Someone's out there thinks that's a good idea, that that'll work just fine. Some of those cities that have done that can't figure out why crime has shot up thousands of percentages. Then we think it's a good idea to let men into women's sports. Then we think it's a good idea to let men into women's bathrooms, to let men into women's locker rooms, and then wonder how some of them got raped. How is this happening? Why is it happening? Why are men exposing themselves into women in a women's locker room? Oh, we can't figure it out. It, it makes you mad, doesn't it? It makes you angry. It, it's the elephant in the room. Go ahead, Christian. You can admit, all right, pastor, I'm angry. This stuff does bother me. Us Christians like, oh, nothing bothers me. I'm good. I'm spiritual. I'm good. No, we're angry. It's the elephant in the room. Come on, someone start doing something right here for crying out loud. Everyone's walking around angry in this nation. We're all angry. Everyone's mad. All these goofy things, you can feel a, a rage deep down inside of you, can't you? You can feel something churning deep down inside of you. You feel this righteous anger welling up inside of you. And it is a righteous anger. It's, it's not you just don't like people. It's because you want to see good in this nation. You want to see good things happen. We get angry because we see our way of life being flushed down the toilet. Many of you feel that anger, don't you? I know many of you feel the way I do this morning. Whether you admit it or not. Now, I don't think 
too many of us would disagree with what I've said this morning. You see it. You feel it. You can see anger rising up in people who are generally peaceful and not going to cause a lot of trouble. They're starting to become angry. They're starting to become bothered. I hear it and I see it even in this church. I've heard some grumblings even in here. You know, talking with some of you and hearing some things that you're facing. I hear the grumblings. I hear the anger. I hear the tone in your voice. I know you feel that churning deep down inside of you. Something's boiling. and Man, if you let that boil and boil, it's going to boil over at some point. We all see it. We have some people. I know that we have some rebels here in New Hope that they're, you're ready to fight already, aren't you? We got some of them. They're ready for a fight already. You know, I heard Dave Ramsey say this a long time ago. You know, I like to listen to his podcast here and there. But I heard him say this months ago, and I've always agreed with it. it said, he said that it is in the DNA of American people to fight. It is. Just ask King George what happened to him. It's in the DNA of American people to fight. If you keep pushing people around that are peaceful, that are trying to conduct their way of life, they're trying to do business, raise their families, you keep pushing them and pushing them and pushing them at some point, there's going to be a fight, brothers and sisters. It's going to boil over. There's going to be a fight. People are going to start getting hurt. Things are going to be destroyed. And now here we get to the part where folks might not want to hear this part. This is the part I don't like. Because I'll admit I'm angry about all this stuff. Come on, be a good leader in this nation. Do what's right. Make good judgments. Practice some prudence for crying out loud. Some common sense. Think things through. Don't just whip up all these goofy laws and see how they work. Don't just write a, a bill that's this thick and not know what's in it and pass it and then find out what's in it. It's unbelievable to me. But brothers and sisters, hear me out. Before we start fighting, before we start swinging our fists at these school board meetings, before we refuse to obey the leadership we have in this nation, we got to ask ourselves what the Bible says about all this. How should we react? How should we respond to all this stuff that we're facing? You know the Bible has the answers that you're looking for. It does. The, all the issues that we face, it's in here. You just got to dig them up out of there. Now, before we get into the part that you might not like, wouldn't you agree that the Bible is authoritative? The Bible is authoritative, meaning if it says it, we must accept it as truth. It is above our personal opinions. It is above our personal philosophies. And listen to this now. Don't throw nothing at it. It is even above our patriotic feelings. It is. The Bible is first. It's number one if you are a Christian. And you don't get to pick and choose what you believe out of this book. If you pick and choose certain things, some that yes, this no, this yes, that's not Christianity. You've got another religion on your hands. The Bible trumps our personal philosophies and opinions, okay? So when you're feeling angry, like I know a lot of us are, and when you're ready to join the rebellion, when you're ready to try to punch someone's lights out at the next school board meeting, when you're ready to go throw a grenade at the White House or whatever it is. We got to see what the Bible says. Turn to Romans chapter 13, verse 1. 
There's some difficult things that we have to go through this morning. Romans chapter 13 verse 1 says this. This is going to start out hot and heavy right off the bat. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Stop there. Brothers and sisters, governments are instituted by God. Did you hear that? Governments are instituted by God. He, in His Word, creates them and institutes them. There is no power other than the ones He ordains. Even the United States government, our government, yes, maybe they're getting a little askew. Yes, maybe they're getting a little bit outside of the Constitution. Yes, they might be trampling some of our rights, but they are instituted by God. All authoritative hierarchies are instituted by God. They are. He has ordained them. Our state government here in Ohio, it is a hierarchy instituted by God. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. We are to be subject to the higher powers. We are, much as I don't like to say that, much as I don't like to read that, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be, the United States government, our state's government, our local government, the powers that be are ordained of God. God has ordained the hierarchy, the structure that we have in this nation, in all other nations, in all other civilizations. God instituted those institutions, those structures, those hierarchies. Now, before we continue to read in Romans 13, I would like to remind you, I say this all the time, of the context of which Romans chapter 13 was written. The Apostle Paul is the author. He is governed by the Roman Empire. A hundred times more brutal than the United States government is. He's governed by the Roman Empire. The Jewish people were subject unto the Caesars. And they would also appoint local rulers that the, the, the Jewish people would be subject unto, you know, the, the King Herods of Jesus' day. Those were people that were appointed by the Caesars. The Romans, listen, they were pagans. They didn't like Christianity, they hated Christianity. They wanted rid of Christianity. At one point, they destroyed Jerusalem. They burned their churches. They destroyed them. Lots of persecution. They killed lots of Christians. This is who the Apostle Paul was saying, be subject unto the higher powers. He's saying, we have the Roman government. They're evil. They're pagans. They hate Christianity. But we must be subject unto them. They killed Christians. Brothers and sisters, I would, I would ask you to do a little bit of research. Do you know that some of the epistles in the New Testament were written to encourage the persecuted Christians that were being persecuted by this very government? Read the book of Philippians. Read through the book of Acts. They were persecuting Christians. These governing bodies were persecuting Christians. New Testament was written to encourage them from this Roman oppression. They killed lots of them. They were much worse than what we see today. Much worse government than what we have here today. Much worse. And yet Paul was saying, God has ordained them. They are in authority over us. We have to be subject unto them. Let's keep reading verse 2 of Romans 13. It says, whosoever... Now remember, this is authoritative scripture. This is not Jason D's opinion. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist 
shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and you'll have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to you for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he bears not the sword in vain. For he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Did you happen to catch the part that says, for he beareth not the sword in vain? Do you know what that means? That means that God has authorized these governing bodies to execute authority over us even using force if necessary. Even it's, a, it's an allocation of force and punishment that they are given by God. That they are giving by God the, the power to punish us. For example, go ahead and drive 65 miles an hour up and down Route 40. Sooner or later, there's going to be some flashing lights behind you. And they're going to say, hey, here's your ticket. You owe me $90. Or you know the state of Ohio, $90. They have that power given to them by God. They do not bear the sword in vain. They can punish you. They're instituted by God. If you resist that power, you're resisting the ordinance of God. And they that resist to them shall receive unto themselves damnation. He is a minister. Look at verse 4. He is a minister of God to thee for good. For good. Imagine, imagine this nation with no authoritative structure at all. No government. You could go 95 miles an hour up and down this road. There's a school right over there. You could hit a child if there were no laws, no repercussion. You could uh, drive your car with no headlights on at night. You could do whatever. You could drink, get three shades to the wind and go drive all over Tarnation. We, we have to have a set of laws. There has to be a structure. There has to be an authoritative figure. And God recognizes that and God institutes these governing authorities, these authority bodies over us to regulate all that we do, to keep us under the rule of law so that we don't descend into chaos. He bears not the sword in vain. God has authorized governing bodies to use force if necessary, on us to comply to the rule of law. They have authority from God to punish evildoers. Listen, our judicial system has the authority from God to punish criminals. If you murder someone, if you rape someone, you're going to jail. That authority is given them by God. If you break the law, God has granted authority to the governing bodies to punish you. It is God's hierarchy. It's God's structure. You ain't allowed to drink and drive. You're going to get thrown in jail. You ain't allowed to drive with no headlights. You ain't allowed to speed in the school zones. There has to be laws. Now let's continue reading in Romans chapter 13. Now remember the context in which we're reading that, that tyrannical Roman government. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Verse 5, Wherefore ye must needs be subject... Not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. The, the Apostle Paul is saying, you have to obey, not just because of the wrath that can be afflicted upon you. you got to obey 45 miles an hour right here on Route 40, 
Not, not just out of the fact that, well, I don't want to get a ticket, but the Apostle Paul says, but also for conscience' sake. A lot of times you can speed and get away with it, can't you? If I run 90 miles an hour and I make it home and I sneak into my garage sight unseen, Apostle Paul's saying, don't just do it out of the fear of you might get a ticket, but do it so that you can have a clean conscience, so that there can be a law and you obey the law and your conscience is clean. Verse 6 says, for this cause, listen, pay ye tribute also, more like taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, and fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. This is the Bible's way of saying, you better pay your taxes. This is the Bible's way of saying, you had better respect these governing authorities. Now, right now, I know that many of you have seen this, that in all these stadiums and sports gatherings, they're starting to chant this curse word to our president. Has anyone seen that stuff that's going around? All of, I, I hope that there's not a single person here in New Hope that takes part in that because it, it, it is not right no matter how much you disagree with our president, it is not biblically correct to show disrespect to our president, to these authorities. You, you may not agree with a single thing the man is doing. You may not agree with a single uh, thing that he's done or what, that he will do. But we are to honor those who are in those positions of authority. We are to show them respect. This is hard to digest. I know that. It bothers me maybe more than you. But this is what the scripture said if you're formulating an argument against me, it had better be biblically sound. We pay our taxes. Pay your taxes. Yes, it's too high. Yes, I feel like we get ripped off. Yes, I agree 100%. But the Bible says submit, pay your taxes. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I won't to my dying day. Has anyone in here ever been fortunate enough to earn a bonus? Years back, I worked at this company and we had a good year and we all got decent bonuses bonuses are taxed at a different rate aren't they i remember i got my bonus i was real happy and half of it was gone half of it when you get a bonus uncle sam gets happy because he gets a bonus <laughs> render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute custom to whom custom fear to whom fear and honor to whom honor brothers this this is Scripture, not my opinion. It's Scripture. It's what God is telling us. Now, this isn't the end of the matter. We'll keep going for a little bit. We have more things to look at. When we are trying to formulate a biblical perspective, we have to gather all the evidence from the Bible. Okay? We have to look at more things to look at. Okay? We must look at all the things written in the Bible to understand how to react when we start getting angry at the way our nation is being governed, okay? I know it's funny because Pastor Joe always says, yeah, but, yeah, but. I know that as I'm reading these scriptures in Romans 13, I know so many of you are going, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. First Peter chapter 2, verse 13 says this. It says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. 
For so is it the will of God, that with doing well you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free in not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Look at verse 17, it says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Now I can hear the anger just deflating out of all you rebels right now that's ready to pick a fight. You're kind of just going... But here in Peter, he's saying much of the same things that Paul said in Romans. Remember, this is the same government. They're under the same tyrannical Roman government monarchy that the Apostle Paul was. And Peter's saying the same thing. Submit yourself to the ordinance of man. You know... This is an evil Roman empire that Peter is saying to submit to. He's saying submit to them. Much worse, again, much worse than what we have today. Peter's saying submit to them for the Lord's sake. Brothers and sisters, we bear the name of Jesus Christ. We do. The New Testament church, we bear the name Christian. So when we start saying, I will not comply, you better remember You're representing Jesus Christ. You're representing the New Testament church. We cannot drag his name through the mud. We cannot, at all costs, tarnish the holy name of Jesus by being a bunch of rebels. We can't. We can't. We are to be without spot. We are to be without wrinkle. We are not to have those blemishes on us. We are to be peaceful. Listen, read through your New Testament And you gather the things about Jesus. Jesus was not a political rebel. He was not. He did not come to revolutionize the political system. He did not. He did not come for social reform. He did not come to change the judicial system. He did not come to institute a new form of government. If you remember what he actually said, he said, My kingdom is not of this world. He did not come to do all those things. His kingdom was not of this world. If you remember what Jesus said, what did Jesus say? He said, when someone smites you on the cheek, turn to them the other cheek. That's what he said. And that's what we have going on in this nation right now. We have people taking swings at you and it's hitting you in the face. And you're getting angry and you're saying, all right, I will not comply. I refuse. But what I'm saying is, is, wait a minute, brother. Hold on. What does the Bible actually say? The Bible says, submit to these governing authorities. Jesus says, my kingdom's not of this world. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Jesus says, pray for those that despitefully use you. That's the attitude that we should have. They even tried to trick Jesus at one point. They came to him and said, should we pay tribute to Caesar? They are trying to trip him up. And if you remember, Jesus took the coin and showed him whose inscription was on it. It was Caesar's. And Jesus said, render unto Caesar those things which are Caesar's. In other words, Jesus is saying, pay your dues. Pay your dues. To a tyrannical government that killed Christians, Jesus says, pay them. Pay them what the dues are. Look back at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16. Now it's saying to submit yourselves... You know, we're reading this to submit yourselves to these governing authorities as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Brothers and sisters, we are not to use our freedoms with malicious intent. Do you understand that? We, we are, 
and this could be debated, but still a free people right now, okay? We have religious liberties. We gathered here this morning. No one stopped us, so we at least have a degree of religious liberty this morning. Religious freedom. We come here, we worship like we want to. No one told us how to do it. We can preach like we want to. We can pray like we want to. We have a degree of religious liberty still in this nation. But we cannot use that freedom as a cloak for maliciousness. While I'm free, I'm a free man, ain't nobody's going to tell me what to do. Peter's saying, wait a minute, you can't use that freedom in a malicious way. You can't use that freedom for a malicious intent. And that's exactly what happens in us. That's what happens in us when we feel like our freedoms and when our liberties are being infringed upon. Our flesh rises up, and before we can read Romans 13... Before we can read 1 Peter 2, our flesh rises up and it says, I will not comply. I will not do what you say. I'm not going to do what you say. I'm not going to do what you tell me. Nope, not me. Go tell somebody else. But these things are in the Bible. They're for us. And we must know them. I'll show them who they're messing with. You know, when our, when our freedoms and our liberties are infringed upon, and they have been, to me, there's no debate about that. Our freedoms have been infringed on. Our liberties have been infringed on. There, there's no question to that. The first thing that comes to our mind is civil disobedience. I won't do it. They can tell me all they want. I just won't do it. I'm going to go on doing things like I always have. I refuse. I will not comply. Brothers and sisters, here's what I'm saying. You've got to be very careful with that attitude. Very, very careful to pick the right hill to die on. There is a hill to die on. But you'd better use the Bible. You better be biblically correct. And you better have all of your perspective founded on biblical principle when you pick the hill to die on. You know, we got to be careful with, I will not comply. I won't do it. I refuse. I will not submit. you got to be careful with that because, you know, one of the, the main virtues of Christianity, the main virtues of, of the entire Bible is servitude. You realize that? That Christianity is a life of voluntary submission. That's what it is. It's submitting. It is acknowledging that someone else has authority over you. Someone else is higher than you. All of Christianity, that's what it is. It is voluntary submission. James 4.7, you don't have to turn to these, but James 4.7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. So we are to submit to God. 1 Peter 5.5, 5, Likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and clothed with hum humility. Philippians 2.3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Ephesians 5.21, Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Romans told us, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. 1 Peter told us, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. It's what Christianity is. It's a life of submitting. We submit to God. We submit to our elders. We submit to one another. And we submit to governing authorities. It's a life of submission. I, I know that's a jagged little pill. It is. No one likes to swallow that. No one likes to live a life of submission. We like to be, uh-uh, I'm American. I got rights. Don't tell me what to do. But, but that's, that's not necessarily Christianity. Christianity says submit. Submit. Submit to one another. Submit to the elders. Submit to those who have authority over you. You're not supposed to buck the system. 
That's not what Jesus did. It is not what he did. Christianity is a life of submission. Now, I'll give you a little bit of a a caveat. For you rebels, you'll like this part. The Bible does, in fact, listen to me now, the Bible does, in fact, teach that there is a time and a place for civil disobedience. I told you the Bible addresses all this stuff. It does. There's a time and a place for you to actually say, nope, I will not comply. I like this part. Everything else, the last 20 minutes or so, I don't like that. But it's scripture. I must submit to it. I must yield. The Bible makes provisions for civil disobedience. It does. There is indeed a time to tell governing authorities, I will not comply. I will not do it. In Acts chapter 4 and 5, and I I suggest you read over some of these things on your own time. We're going to pick a couple scriptures out of there, but I suggest you read that first little bit of Acts, first few chapters. But in those chapters, you know, Christianity was growing. Christ has ascended. Christianity is blowing up. The, The apostles are preaching Christ. They're teaching the resurrection of Jesus. And there are lots of people who are getting saved. Well, Peter and John... The governing authorities don't like that. They come to them, they throw them in jail. Then they bring them out, and they bring them before the the council. They were preaching things like, you know, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. They were saying that. The authority didn't like that. They didn't like Jesus. They didn't like this supposed resurrection of Jesus. They said, quit preaching it. Annas the high priest, Caiaphas... John, Alexander, and many others associated with the high priest, they got Peter and John, they sat them down, and they said this in Acts chapter 4, verse 18. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. There's the commandment. There's the authoritative commandment. Verse 19 says, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than to God, Judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have heard and seen. That that is the clear-cut example of civil disobedience that the Bible makes allowance for. When, When you're commanded not to do something that the Bible commands you to do, you have to obey God. But you'll notice the response from Peter. He does not say, listen up, you stupid idiot. Or he does not say, listen up, you idiotic jerk. He respectfully says, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken, or in, to hearken unto you more than to God, judge ye. Always be respectful. Always be respectful, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. He respectfully made his case. He respectfully said, I can't. He respectfully said, I decline. I cannot do that. A couple of verses down in verse 29, they begin to pray. The apostles get together because they receive these threats. They receive these commands from the authorities. Verse 29 says, they're praying. says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. This is a form of allowable civil disobedience. This is a case of a governing authority commanding them to stop preaching and teaching about Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we are commanded to preach and to teach about Jesus. We are. We are given the Great Commission. 
go forth and preach the gospel. Jesus himself walked into a synagogue one day, flipped open the Bible to the book of Isaiah, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news. We're to be like Christ, preach the good news. We're to be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. We're commanded to preach and to teach and to talk about Jesus, to tell our testimony, all these things. Therefore, if someone comes to us and says, don't do it, this is a clear-cut case where we say, I respectfully decline your command. I have to obey the Bible. i got to obey God. So, if the governing body commands you not to do something that God has commanded you to do, you got to obey God rather than man in that case. You see how you have to take all this stuff and take it inside of you? And that should help you to discern what to do in the future when, when the government says you do this or you do that. A chapter or so later, the apostles, of course, they don't comply. They keep on preaching and teaching, and they get put in jail. Acts chapter 5, verse 27. I'll bring this to a close soon. Uh, actually, if the band can start making their way. Acts chapter 5, verse 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Talking about Jesus. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Do you see the differentiation here? It's not, Peter's not saying this just because this governing authority said something that made him mad. No, the governing authority issued a decree that violated Scripture, that violated command. Do you understand that? If a governing body commands us to do something that the Bible tells us not to do, we got to obey God rather than man. If we're commanded not to do something that we are commanded to do, we have to obey God rather than man. Look, as much as I, I don't want to admit this, we are to submit to the authority that God has placed over us unless it directly violates Scripture. I know there's lots of things making us mad nowadays. Lots of mishandling of money. Lots of mishandling of funds. Lots of poor decision-making Lots of goofiness, but we submit to it until it directly violates Scripture. You know, in a small way, here's a small example. When, when they sent that thing out that said, don't sing in churches. Now, I didn't go make a video on Facebook picking a fight with anyone or any of that goofy stuff. But I did say in my heart, I will not comply. I will not comply. Not, not to just be a rebel. Not because I'm looking for a fight. If, if you go looking for a fight, you'll end up with a fight. And you might not like the ramifications of that fight. But I said in my heart, I will not comply. And I came to church and I sang like normal. Not to be a jerk. Not to be an idiot. Not to be arrogant. Not to say, hey, look at this. I ain't going to listen. Because I am commanded to worship my God. That's a small example. I'm sorry. I can't haggle with you. I can't bargain with you on this one because I'm commanded to worship. I can't. I respectfully must decline. But all those other things, we're called to submit. 
Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, take all these verses this morning. Go home and look them over. Romans chapter 13, maybe even Romans chapter 14. You could take 1 Peter 2, the whole chapter, read through it. Take the first little bit of Acts, read through it. Take all of it in. Listen to the things I'm preaching this morning. Take it all in. And let that form your perspective. Let the Word of God form your perspective when you feel this anger raising up. Let it help you to decide which hill you're going to die on. I want to leave you with this scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Very simple little scripture says this. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. The Bible's saying, with everything within you, as much as you can, don't go looking for fights, don't go picking fights. Remember when they came to arrest Jesus? Did Jesus start swinging his fists in the Garden of Gethsemane? They said, all right, disciples, get him, get him. Matter of fact, he, he said, no, put away the sword, put it away. And he went peacefully. And he stood and went through their judicial process, as unfair as it may have been. As false as the accusations may have been, he didn't resist, he went in. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Let's stand this morning. I hope that you understood this this morning. I know it's a jagged little pill. Pastor Joe encouraged me and said, Jason, you're not here to make friends. I want to be your friend. Anyone in here wants to be my friend, I'll be your friend. But that's not my number one priority as a pastor. It's not, I, I want to be your friend, but it's to speak and teach and preach biblical things. This is what the Bible says when it comes to governing authority over us. I know we might not like it, but it is what it is. That's what Christianity is. It's a life of submission. Let's pray, and then we'll sing. These altars are always open, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you this morning. Lord, I know this is tough for us to digest. It's complicated. It's tricky. But, Lord, I, I believe your word is plain. Lord, it tells us to submit, Lord. And, Lord, it's even written in the context of a, of a tyrannical Roman empire, Lord, who killed lots of Christian people, Lord. We're still commanded to submit. Lord, we have it much better than they did, Lord, much better. And, Lord, I, I know that there's anger welling up inside of us. Lord, I pray that you channel that anger into godliness. Lord, help us to take all these scriptures in, uh, the Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, and Acts 4 and 5. Help us to take them in, to digest them. And Lord, I pray, pray that the, the Spirit of God speaks to us through these scriptures, Lord. Let them, let the scriptures shape our perspective. And Lord, let it, let it shape us and instruct us on picking the, the right hill to die on. When we need to comply and when we need to not comply, Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.